Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. Most of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is to it? Here at TrueFace, we develop relational grace-based discipleship resources, equipping you, equipping churches to experience deeper relationships with God and others, equipping a growing group of men and women with a toolbox of teaching and experiences to help them journey the 18 inches from their head to their heart, to experience the peace and freedom of the original good news. And... I want to point y'all to a couple places you can experience those resources. The first is to download the TrueFace Life app. It's got TrueFace Conversation, TrueFace Journey stuff, small group studies, and it's got our new it's got a daily devotional. Some of you love and have purchased Trust for Today. We have the day the daily devotional from Trust for Today now at your fingertips in your phone on your pocket on the True Face Life app, and we have been hearing some cool feedback about that. So, our team has done that for you, and uh, we've it, our spots are filling up quick. We've got less than thirty rooms left, I think, for our retreat in October. So, go to trueface.org/retreat. It is going to be an amazing time, and Andrew Farley, who is on the podcast uh, that you heard, is going to be there. You're going to want to sign up for that. It's filling up. So today I want to talk about uh, how f- how fears uh, and anxieties provide us a map to point us to how we can trust God. Now, to start, I want to share a story of, about some of my own trauma. I'm afraid of heights. And a- about a year ago, I went rappelling into a 300-foot cave with my good buddy Trey. Y'all, I've never been so scared in my entire life. Like, I'm talking eight out of eight or nine out of ten level that was bordering uncontrollable fear. I was like dangling 200 feet above the ground in a cave, ascending up and out of this thing. Going going down into the cave was fine. It, it was like walking through the woods, and then this hole opened up and it ended up in this 300 foot straight drop. And I rappelled down that thing as fast as I could. My leather gloves were like burning. I was so afraid. Once I got over the side, I just zipped down. I flew down that thing in fear and we spent a couple hours exploring the cave and then went back to, to the cavern, to the opening to ascend out and to get home. And I'll try to attach some pictures in the show notes to give you a visual of this. But I had been rappelling before, which is scary, uh, but that's manageable to me. I'd been skydiving, rappelling, done some stuff to address my fear. And I was like, oh, I'll go do another thing to get over my fear stuff. And I had been caving, which was fun. And when I cave, that brings out the, the little boy in me. But this climb out was a different story. I had never done ascending or climbing out. Two things that are top of my list of fear fears are snakes and heights. And standing 300 feet below the surface in a cave with the rope touching nothing other than the very top dangling down to me in a cave in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, I realized at that moment that there was literally no option other than ascending out of this cave in order to live and to get back to my wife, right? 
we were hours deep in the woods. And so the only other option was that Trey would have to leave me for half a day or 10 hours and go find half a dozen people to come pull me out in some kind of contraption. Or I wasn't, or, or I was going to have to figure out how to get out of this and ascend 10 inches at a time, painstakingly dealing with one of my deepest fears of heights the entire time. So I was like, I got to do this. So I went first. And when I was about 20 feet above the ground, I was already starting to feel tired from ascending 20 feet, which isn't a good start. And the ascender and the rope got stuck for a minute. And that's when the freak out began. I realized in that moment that I had no idea. And I didn't even know if it was possible at that point to go back down the 20 feet. I realized at that moment that I had I had no idea how to problem solve if any of the gear got stuck, if there was a knot. I wasn't a Boy Scout and I don't know how to retie a knot. I didn't know what Trey had tied. Trey told me ascending was easy and that I was in great shape. And at that moment, I realized Trey was a liar. He was a CrossFit Ironman guy, and Trey, you're listening to this, and I just turned 40, and I peaked in 11th grade, and so his expectations were different than reality, and worse than that, Trey didn't walk me through the plan B, C, and D options in case I got stuck, the stuff didn't work, how I would go down, can I go down, all the different options, and I had 300 feet to go of these potential problems, which would lead to my death. So with all of my counseling abilities and my breathing tricks, I was like, I got to go into the zone. I looked down twice and I looked up once over those next 25 minutes. And the rest of the time I stared at the rope in front of my face and I said, 10 more inches, breathe, 10 more inches, breathe. I went as fast as I could. I didn't say a word. And when I thought about the rope, above rubbing against the rock as I was swaying hundreds of feet above the ground and how this rope was probably ready to break at any minute. I was like, okay, focus back 10 inches, 10 inches, 10 inches. I can do 10 inches more, 10 inches more. And after about 25 minutes of intensity and fear, I finally touched something stable scampered the 20 feet I could away from that terrible hole. And I laid prostate hugging every inch of every inch of my body to the ground and disappointingly in hindsight i don't think i prayed during that 25 minutes to confess with y'all i was overcome with emotion and then trey came up after about 30 minutes and he was like smiling chilling he, he hadn't even broken a sweat he was calm he was happy he was just hanging at the edge looking down the 300 feet into this cavern and he was looking around and enjoying the beauty of what he just saw and what he did and in my anxiety i'm watching him and i'm like dude get out of there get up here he was stressing me out just looking at him just casually hanging over this gap i could not get my head around his ability to chill at the edge pushing against the rock so he'd get a better view down into the cavern now I've thought about this and I've processed it a bit since it was one of the most uh, fearful moments that I've ever been in. And here's the deal. Here's what I've learned. I didn't trust the rope and I didn't trust myself or my climbing experience. 
and I didn't trust God. I therefore, because of that, that lack of trust in those things, was consumed with fear. And as a result of that, I couldn't enjoy the beauty of the cave or the experience. Fear was the byproduct of my lack of trust. And because of my lack of trust, I couldn't experience the beauty, the joy, the contentment, the peace, the freedom that Trey seemed to experience. This principle of regarding the connection of fear and trust is really significant. And it provides us with a cheat code to life that all of us can practice and incorporate into our faith journeys. Let's do this exercise for a minute. If you're listening to this or watching this or for you to experience what I'm talking about, we need to apply this and test it out. So take a minute and reflect with me. Think about something that's heavy on your heart right now, something that you're worried or you're anxious about. First thing that comes to mind, just something that's unsettling or anxiety producing you're worried about or some worries rising to the surface in your mind. These worries, these anxieties are something that I like to call buoys. A buoy is something that I look for in my life that pops up above the surface, which indicates something below the surface, just like a buoy in the ocean pops above the surface to indicate that a crab trap or something connected to it is beneath, under underwater, letting boats know that there's something underneath the surface. Fear, anxiety, worry, these are buoys, things that pop up, indicators of where we aren't experiencing love. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. There's a comparison there and an opposite component that fear and love are opposed. And it is trust that moves us from fear to love. See, fear and anxiety provide a buoy to show us an area of our hearts or a need that God is waiting and capable of meeting. Galatians 5 says, for freedom he has come to set us free. John 10, 10 says, he has come that we experience full life. An easy indicator to identify areas where we aren't experiencing freedom is to notice where fear or anxieties show up. Often these buoys show me areas where I'm seeking control, areas where I'm trying to meet my needs, and missing out on allowing the Father to meet these needs. Next time you feel anxiety, remember this buoy and pray to release fear and control. Remember that God wants to take this burden from you. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And then during the Sermon on the Mount, In Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about tomorrow. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Scripture doesn't leave any room for fear, anxiety, and worry. And that's because they're the opposite of love, of trusting God. When we feel that our needs aren't being met, this is when fear, anxiety, worry, discomfort creep in. 
What if when we feel those things, our needs not being met, we can let them point us to an opportunity to trust God more deeply, to let him meet those needs. So let's trust God to meet our needs, not the world, because trust unlocks love. Uh, One last story. A couple weeks ago, I was speaking a few services on a Sunday morning at a big church. Anxiety started creeping up slowly, then strongly over the week ahead of time. I'd been thinking about this principle, so I thought, okay, this anxiety is just a buoy. It's just showing me an area that I'm close-fisted with, fighting for control, and missing out on peace and freedom and love. So I saw this anxiety as a gift, as a reminder to go to God. It reminded me to just go to God and say, okay, God, I have this anxiety. I don't trust that I won't be embarrassed. I won't embarrass the ministry. I I, I don't trust that... Um, in myself, in you, these are lies that this is going to fall apart. And I'm anxious because I think I'm going to embarrass myself in the ministry by not doing a good job and messing up. I got to confess my fears and my lack of belief. And in turn, I felt this beautiful response of how he saw me and loves me regardless and independent of whether I killed it speaking or completely bombed it. His smile and love wouldn't change a bit. I trusted him with my reputation. I let him affirm me, remind me of how he thought of me, and experience his love as a result, which is what I longed for and desired. And that that love led to the peace and the freedom going into the communicating that I wanted. And as I mature and grow, I want to be quicker to identify the buoys of fear and anxiety as opportunities to let down the walls, break down the dam, and receive more of his love through trusting him. So let's let him love us. Let's let him meet our needs. I I wanna have time for us to do that together today as we wrap up this podcast to practice trust. And I wanna give a few minutes for us to just bring our fears, worries, anxieties before him. Trust is not passive. It takes practice. So let's practice. And don't worry if you don't feel anything. You're practicing trust. You're bringing something to him, not to show him, but to leave it with him. And the story I just talked about at the church, um, you probably are going to need to keep doing this if you're like me, and you're going to need to do the same thing, practicing trust tomorrow, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. Because when I was prayerfully going to God about my anxieties, it was probably the sixth really intentional prayer time that I had about my anxieties and speaking at that church before I received the gift that I just told you about of what he showed me in that prayer time. I don't know his timing, but um, I kept going back to him and the anxiety wasn't helping and I kept going back to it. And it was probably the sixth time that he gave me that gift uh, where he the, the spirit knew I was ready or it was time or however he knew. And um, that was when he replaced and he did what he does, which is replace my fears and lies with his truth. This is the secret of learning to trust God. And it's central in our journey of maturing, of discipleship. So here are a few questions um, that I want to leave you with. And I encourage you to practice this. Bring it to him. Ask him and just practice trusting him. Think about where are the buoys of life uh, that are popping up in your life? Um, what, what, are, what are they this week? 
What's triggering your fear, anxiety, and worry lately? How can you surrender those to God? How can you reframe your beliefs, trust God with the lies in order to receive his truths? And what walls need to come down so that you're able to trust God and others with your heart more fully? My prayer for all of you is that we would seek God and find deeper trust and love with others and with him this week. I hope y'all have a great day, friends, and go in peace as you are part of the kingdom of God. Thanks, y'all.